Routini friends, welcome in, you're listening to Jawa Chatter, a Star Wars podcast made for those that love the series and newcomers that want a guide to know more. I am one of your hosts, Jeffers the Middle Ground fan, and with me are my co-hosts, Nuri the fan of everything, and Claudia the Star Wars newbie. You'll hear them both in this episode, and this is part two. Part one of episode one is available on all podcast platforms. We start our episode by ranking all the Star Wars films. Part two, we're ranking the rest of them. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, all right. So, Revenge of the Sith, which is the third and final film in the prequel trilogy. Should we talk about Padme not being given anything to do? I, 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 the one problem I have with this film is that right there. I think yeah. she is such a strong character in the first and second one. And then she is just some pregnant lady that has a lot of emotions, but we're not giving her anything to do. And it's just like, I just mm-hmm. felt like it was disrespectful to the character. Yeah. I can agree with that. And you can even see it in her clothes too. Like one of the coolest things about the first and second one for me is like, you see her crazy hairstyles, like as Queen Amidala, mm-hmm, the yeah. clothes. And then you see her whenever she's in uh, Revenge of the Sith and she's always got like the super curly hair and like whimsical stuff. I was like, oh, this yeah. is, you're making her a flowery little character yeah, who sits on the weird. sidelines versus, you yep. know, she has her get up beforehand. Cause even when she's, you know, Queen Amidala and she's fully dressed up in that garb, like she feels powerful. She takes up a lot of room and like she's in with mm-hmm. a bunch of men, but like her entire dress, her hair, she takes up room in, in where that she's yeah. at. And that's difficult for women to do. And it's, it's really cool to see in her, her in that presence there. Um, well, yeah. but even in the second one, we see her in action in a way. Yeah. That- Literally. In action. And she doesn't you know, want to she, run away. She doesn't want to do all of these things. She's upset. Mm-hmm. She wants to stand up for that. And it's other people saying like, hey, you have to do this for the good of your people and for doing all of these these, these components there. But she doesn't want to run. Um, yeah. That is not her decision at the end of the day. So she feels like a very strong character. And she just feels like a very scared little thing the entire time. Yeah. And she's completely guided by fear at that point. And, you know, I don't I'm know. I'm so I grateful in like in modern canon now that we have the Clutter Gray books. Um, cause the, both of, both of the Queen's books, um, that Claudia Gray has written about, uh, uh, about Padme are both remarkable, right? Um, they're fantastic. Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril, really, really wonderful, wonderful, wonderful reads, uh, and really flesh out what's going on with Padme and, and her character and the people around her that are important to her. Cause one of, you know, we never really get to meet her circle we meet anakin's circle but we don't yeah. really know these people who are constantly around padme as much true um but so I, i'm grateful that in modern canon we've explored this character so much and we have so much of her in the clone wars really d- being an active participant in everything that's going on and being a, a, a spy at some points and you know she plays so many different roles yeah. that it's it is a redemption of this movie sidelining her so far yeah um Crazy. And, and there's so much in this movie and they did have to cover a lot, but for a film where there is really one character at the time, obviously we know now Ahsoka maybe could have pulled Anakin back, but for the one character who could have actually pulled Anakin from the brink to not be really given a scene where she gets to try and do that yeah. in this film is one of the biggest missteps for my taste. So that puts it at what number for you? Uh, this is number seven. This is right behind Phantom Menace. And you? Interesting. It's three for me, but it has nothing to do with Padme. It's number one. For, it's number one for me. Wow. I know it's your favorite. Yeah. So like, look, and and th- you just like child murder. I get it. <laughs> wow. 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 No, I I think the weight of this film in terms of an emotional and a tragedy in multiple different ways, uh, really, I just think it was it's very well done. I I think I think it it makes me really care the entire time about what's happening. 
And that mm. is from the bigger conflict of like, you know, I'm fascinated by like, all right, how did this guy pull this off? He was playing chess with himself. How does he then go from playing chess with himself to being the only one playing in the entire room? Like, how does he make it work? I found that fascinating. How does Anakin go from like, yes, a problematic Jedi, no doubt, right? But definitely not somebody who is a Sith. Like, how does he go from that step? And then the dynamic between Anakin and Obi-Wan, and I will say, I thought Hayden and Ewan McGregor did some of the best acting I've seen them do, and the dynamic mm -hmm. between the two feels so believable and so heartbreaking that I just love it. I, I just love it. And I know Empire is a better film by far. I know there's even a couple other ones that are I have lower that are technically better films. I know that. I'm not saying they're not. Uh, this was just me, my favorite. Uh, though, if there was one thing I could change, it would definitely be Padme, and that that did really suck, actually. But overall, I, I really love this film, and it had... I think it has the best uh, lightsaber fight because I think there's so much emotion and weight behind it. And their choreography was also super well done. I think it has the best lightsaber fight for like five minutes <laughs> and then they ruin it. How dare you? By letting it go on forever. How dare you? And my biggest, my, my biggest problem with Revenge of the Sith is that the emotion of the Obi Anakin fight deflates because they're not at the end of it yet. And so it just becomes choreography for choreography's sake for so long and it keeps cutting and every time it cuts uh you know if they cut 15 minutes out of that whole sequence between cutting between them fighting and the yoda uh, palpatine fight i think the movie would work a lot better for me but emotionally i could get up go to the bathroom get a drink come back and nothing about that fight is different oh, they're still doing the same twirls for it's it's just endless and it's incredible choreography. It's so well done, but it's not emotional. And it's not like my favorite, my favorite lightsaber fight will always, maybe not always, but has always been the um, Empire Strikes Back fight because it has nothing to do with the lightsabers. And, and, and I'm, a, I, I'm a stage combatant, right? Like I'm a fight choreographer. I, this is my job. And for me, so like I have studied it in a different way and that probably yeah. has informed my experience some, right? But when I look at a stage fight or a film fight and when i'm thinking about making it it's always about telling the character story and the beginning of the obi Anakin fight does that and the end does but there's a middle there where yeah, they're running up the scrapers yeah. they're riding droids through the lava i, I just think it's and fun just, and i just i don't know i just for me it just i feel like it feels like a fight that would carry on throughout the entire area, but I do understand what you're saying. Like again, I get that component. Yeah, I will say that sure. the that final sequence though, when he has the high ground and that, I mean, like just seeing that, I mean, that is one of the most heartbreaking parts of Star Wars. And it's also across like the entire like peak, show. peak, peak, yeah. peak, peak arrogance too. Yeah. Like he 100. percent Everyone's like, I've I've played this game before. I know like this is experience actually winning over his raw talent and him, you know, also having his wits about him whereas anakin's just all over places with emotions and how he's thinking and he's not even the same person anymore and he even tries to warn him he's like please don't do this I'm, I'm like i'm begging you not to make the move i know you're about to make i know you think you can do it but i am i have to cut you down but please don't do it like i, I don't want to do this to you and he still does it I, and it breaks obi-wan's heart i just would have i would have taken some of the time from mustafar and i would have put it into choreographing a fight against Palpatine with the Jedi. Yeah. That yeah, no, that's looked fair. that's fair. Like when people sometimes people will be like, oh God, like this the the lightsaber fighting in the original trilogy, like that the 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 one between Vader and Obi-Wan in uh, A New Hope. 
Yeah. And obviously, like, I have a very different opinion. I think that fight is so subtle, but yeah. brilliant, right? Subtle, yeah. Because the storytelling of it's fantastic. Because it's not about the fight, it's about I them getting away. I would put that fight against the Mace Windu and the three... Oh, yeah, no, if I yeah. would too. That sequence is rough. It, and no, it's aged even worse. Yeah. It looks bad. They have... And I, we're not going to get into this because I don't want to get into the weeds. They have... Uh, background information on why that is, but that isn't really uh, for me. That doesn't do enough to explain how bad that is. It, there, oh, there's sure, no. But you, if you had, if you had all the time and money to let Obi and Anakin uh, f- mess around in the desert for forty minutes, because it's forty. It's, I think it's forty minutes of the movie, right? Uh, Between no, everything it's that not happens. Forty. There's yeah, no I think way. from the beginning, or I, from the beginning of the Mustafar sequence to the end of it is forty minutes. I think. Yeah, no, I'm t- I think from like from when. They arrive on Musfar. I, I thought from when oh, Padme when they lands, arrive on Musfar. Oh yeah, I don't know how long. Well, from is. when Padme lands to the yes. end of the fight, I think is like a f- is f- I think it's forty minutes of the movie. Probably that's probably. I'm it. not saying the lightsaber parts. I'm just saying like oh, yeah. that whole that chunk of the movie is it's it's pretty long. For and 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 it gets to the issue of we know how it ends. See, right? I think yeah, but I'm interested and, in the details of well, how we it ends. Discuss. I'm like, very interested in that. Discuss with Padme, but like the point that Padme stayed on the ship during that pivotal moment is bizarre. That's one thing I will say. Like you, she seems like stayed on the ship. She didn't go in with Obi-Wan whenever they had the fight. Like they went and had a fight when he went to go see Anakin. Well, now he's Darth Vader at this point, but like, yeah, but Padme he chokes her out. Yeah, he, he literally chokes her out. Literally, literally chokes her out. That's that. why I'm so confused what you're saying. I forgot no. about that. Yeah, yeah, just watched it. I did. Uh, yeah, he but does I also his first. A lot of his first. <laughs> for, the first force choke of his career is the one he loves the most. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He does do Which, a lot but, of force but chokes. But that and that becomes, and that's where like the 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 movie butts up against George Lucas not caring super much. That's a bad term. <laughs> so how much? it connects to <laughs> the original trilogy. Yeah, because there is a lot and, and we complain about canon now like god the, the the people upset that the bad batch pilot didn't exactly match the comic oh my god and i'm like do you not remember watching revenge of the sith oh. and going wait but this doesn't make sense for a new hope yeah and it's like it's your it's your movies but like the end of that movie is 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 a little wild right but how does padme die is a question that I think we will all ask until the I, end of time. I will ask that till the end of time as well. I was like, the children weren't enough for you to stay alive? Like, I thought that yeah. was weird. Yeah, I mean... She died of a broken heart knowing that she was going to leave two children yeah, defend a, in a galaxy exactly. that was now Name ruled them, by her. Left them. Yeah, not saying this was a perfect film, definitely not defending that. I... I, honestly, I just look at it and go... I, which I think people should maybe just, like, not get too much of the weeds of this because, like... He wrote out the original trilogy. He did not have like a set storyline and plan for the prequel trilogy that came out almost 20 years later. And it's just like, yeah, this isn't going to fit together perfectly. Oh, yeah, but he, no, no, no. He wrote, he wrote both. He wrote both of them. He can make them fit because that's true. He wrote them. I know. <laughs> I know. It's different. It's different when you bring in different creators to make something right. like what's yeah. going on with Star Wars right now is they're making so much. Yeah. But having it all mesh is it's never going to happen. Right? No, there's there's gonna, it's mm-hmm. the same with the MCU. There's things in the MCU that aren't going to work because yep. it's made by committee. Yep. George Lucas made it by him. Essentially no, right. chose yeah, everything yeah. by himself. Right. Yeah. There's no reason for it not to fit. Yeah. No, you're right. But like he wrote that Leia remembers her mom. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, very much. He remember remembers that. her oh, from when she was a kid, which is impossible. And then Padme dies in childbirth, yeah, and you're so like, wait, but you don't remember your mom. And so now, now as fans, we have this, and and from the, uh, I think it's in Bloodlines, Leia has force memories 
of her mother oh, prior to her being alive. That sounds So that, that makes sense. That's retconning. Okay, All we're right. moving out of the prequel trilogy and going into the, uh, I guess. Solo standalones? Well, yeah, that's that's the standalones, right? We're going to the next. No, the next movie is uh, Force Awakens. All right, so Force Awakens. Um, I'm, I know that Nerdy's a bit, a bit bigger on the sequel trilogy than I am, so I'm more curious about what what do you got for Force Awakens? Uh, this is number five. Claudia? Six. Uh, seven. So five, six, seven. All right. Yeah, it sounds about mm-hmm. right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, Force Awakens is a really uh, impressive film in terms of appealing to kind of everybody yep. while introducing new things to Star Wars. That's what and I'm I trying think to do. that all the complaints about Force Awakens, that there aren't any old aliens, that, you know, it, it, it replays a lot of Star Wars. Oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. It definitely does. But it's. But that's also Star Wars, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't think that's enough reason to. But I mean, it, to be fair, there's not much to argue here because. How do you bring about the new generation of Star Wars fans, the people that aren't really willing to go well, back? Like, you know. I, I mean, it's not super high on any of our lists, technically. So I'm not like, like all this is fair. You're right. I, I just think it's basically, it's a carbon copy of A New Hope and parts of the original trilogy, sometimes shot by shot, just with a new coat of paint. I mean, literally, the Star Killer base is just a bigger Death Star that blows up multiple planets that are one. Uh, the but so is but so is the Trade Federation ship yeah. at the end of Phantom Menace. Like Anakin literally trench runs. Right, but it wasn't going to blow up the planet. But no, you're no, you're absolutely right. But I'm just but saying, like, like the, the variety, but the, the I'm saying like the differences there right. are, are minute. It's about how the character, and this is why it's different to me. It is about how the characters respond to the situations that they're in. Fair. And I think that Ray and her team respond very differently to the threat of Starkiller Base yeah. than Luke and his team do because I agree. the galaxy is in a different place and the power structure above them is in a completely different state with Leia at the top of it as opposed to, um, God, I, I know the character's name, but uh, the, the very, very old man in A New Hope yeah. who's yeah. giving the meeting. It's just, it's a different universe. And so it is a similar threat Mm -hmm. because the story of Force Awakens is what if your villains are obsessed with the villains of the past in the way that, you know, it's a commentary on where Nazism is now, where they're, you know, we have the rise of the far right that obsesses over the the Nazis. Right. And, you know, we have a rise, Europe is seeing a huge rise in neo-Nazis right now, right? Yeah. And so it's a commentary on the state of the world we're in using sci-fi, and I think they did a really good job of that. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, also just history repeats itself. And that yeah. I, I just, for a film, I wish it had been... It's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah. Uh, I wish it had been a little bit more creative, but that said, I really do enjoy this film, and I think mm-hmm. it, it, set, it accomplishes everything it sets out to do, but what really makes me actually really like the film is not the storyline of the plot. It's the characters and the actors that portray them. I think everyone mm-hmm. was casted perfectly and I think they all did such a good job and I really just like the new characters all in this film specifically a lot. I think that um, Ray is very interesting too just because yeah. she's so different from Luke when you get a new hope. If you're going to compare the two, which you absolutely can, like Luke wants to be a hero straight from the get-go. Ray doesn't want, doesn't ask for any of these things yeah. and luke dives in is ready to go he's like i want a new adventure i want off of this yeah she's trying to go back to where she was even if she's well aware that you know yeah it's her a, family a, probably it's, was it's killed a, it's a crap hole and uh, well. you know like she touches the lights she wants i want nothing to do with this like yeah, she, I want out. her destiny is calling her and she's saying no 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 until it finally you know smacks her side the head and she she goes after it but like 
I think that is such an interesting component that does separate the two and, you know, yeah. does mm-hmm. bring in new, yeah. new characters there. Also Finn, you know, being the first stormtrooper we've ever seen, like in defect. a different light, like just yeah. defect. I, I mean, that is, that was interesting to me too. Like, Oh wow. Like I didn't know this could happen. Like that you could, yeah. could break yeah. away from this. And that I remember when I first saw, you know, force awakens and you know, he has that touch. I was like, what is he going to do? I was like, what is this stormtrooper doing? And then you realize, Holy crap. He's, he's got a conscience. Like he, he yeah. grew a conscience. Just, Not just a, a, a helmet. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a person underneath yeah. that, yeah. which was interesting. Well, I think that Ray gets called like the female Luke Skywalker a lot. I don't, I don't see think that. that's fair. I don't think well, that she is. I, I think it, I, I think it's because the, the surface of the, the far or, or the surface of a uh, person who grew up on sand planet, right? Yeah, that's true. And they both have the force. Yeah. But the they're ultimately wildly different characters yeah. in that Luke Skywalker, if you take gender out of it and you take location out of it, if you really boil it down to like their upbringing, Luke grows up relatively comfortable to a family that owns a business. He is t- ultimately taken care of by the yeah. people around him. He knows where his next meal's coming from. Like, yeah. He, yeah, he knows he, that. He, there's going to be blue milk on the table at the end of the day. Yeah. Raise a survivor. And, you know, he has to work for his uncle, but, like, he's he's mining moisture. He And he's not in charge, right? Ray's on her own. Yeah. And so fundamentally, yes, they come from planets that look similar and, you know, there are parts of their uh, origins that are similar, but Ray is a different person. And when, especially when it gets into arguments, people want to talk about like, well, where did Ray learn to fight? And I'm like, okay, go pick up any kid that grew up homeless on the streets and go take me at 18, put us in a ring together and watch me get my kicked. Yeah. Because I grew up, because I had, I never, you know, I worked, I I worked at a movie theater. You know what I mean? Like I had, a relative ease, you know, because my parents, you know, were, I was in a position where my parents were able to take care of a lot of my life. Right. And, you know, we weren't rich, but we were, well, we were fine. You know, I never thought about whether or not we could afford food. Yep. Yeah. Ray has to think about that herself because no one cares about her. Yep. And yeah. she hasn't cared about her since she was like, what, six? Like she is child. young yeah. when she child. is yeah. just dropped on I'm that. not talking like she's, you know, kicked out at 16. She's yeah. a child, child. Ray has more in common with Han Solo than she does. With I agree. Luke. Agreed. And I, I think, think that's why they connect the so well. That yeah. That's why they connect so well. Yeah. yeah. I think their and relationship in Force Awakens is so interesting. And, it, you mm-hmm. know, like. And it feels natural. It does. And, like, she steps in. She takes over the lane. She does all this stuff. And I, and I feel like that's where they really want us to take the parallels is, like, this is less about Luke. It's more about how how does she become, you know the Leia Han Solo side of being a Skywalker versus We've lost a child. Like a solo side versus, you mm-hmm. know, Ben solo or yeah. whatever. Like it, that's why there's, there's such a parallel between those two. And that's why they're so connected. I think because yeah. she's well, so they, similar they, to Han. They have the same three movie structure, right? Uh, Han and uh, Ray both go through the first movie. They, don't really want to be a part of it. They're just going to be there until they, they they're just dropping something off. Yep. Literally, right? Yeah, literally. Han is dropping off Luke and Ray is dropping off BB-8. Yep. Yep. Second movie, they're trying to find someone else to solve the problem because they don't want to do it. They're yep. Third movie, type. They, they have to become the hero. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 are the, they are so similar and that everyone tries to compare her to Luke because That's weird of the me. lightsaber and the force powers. Weird. You could have a whole really episode a about that. <laughs> between how, like the parallels between Han and, yeah. and Rey. I, I, I mean, that, that in itself we could discuss uh, yeah. for an hour, hour and a half because it, it is so also, interesting. I would also say Rey comes into Force Awakens older than Luke comes into A New Hope. Yeah, she, right? she does. Rey is, 
an adult. Yeah, she's a full adult. He's barely an adult. Even if they're the same age, Ray is emotionally an adult. Yeah. Through the entire sequel oh, yeah. trilogy, she is not the she's not the child in any scene with anybody. Well, yeah, like Luke's she's fully bit, capable. Luke's whiny in A New Hope. Like as much as I like Luke, <laughs> he's whiny. He's a kid. And she has different the... journeys to go on. And comparing their journeys to me has always felt very odd. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I think it's. And interesting. I don't know that the third movie satisfies the journey as much as I would like for it to. Um, we'll to but that. it is a different journey than the one Luke's on. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting whenever she has the opportunity to like sell that droid for like you know sixty portions or whatever. It's not like there's mm-hmm. ever been that type of you know She's never save had to make yourself decision. moment for Luke mm-hmm. or for you know even Hayden Christian when he was Anakin. Like they all had enough of a upbringing. Like when he was a slave, he still knew when he was getting meals, he was going to work, he was going to get all those yeah, things. Yeah, Watto like, and his mom. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that parallel is pretty interesting because she's grown enough. She's like, no, like, I know that's wrong. Objectively. She made the decision on her own, really. Uh, and then the other thing that I really like that some people don't is I actually really love Kylo Ren in this because instead of Mm -hmm. somebody who is, um, always tempted by the dark side, he is the opposite. He is basically somebody who by all accounts, because we haven't seen the next film, right? So we, we, we don't know this, but still, even after we do, I still believe this. This is somebody who given his parents, uh, his parents' friends, et cetera, he should be a good guy. But he is continuing to hold on to this weird legacy about his grandfather that just is one part of it that he's really focusing on and doing his best mm-hmm. to stay on the dark side and like doing his best to carve his own path, but like always being pulled by the light side to come back, which right. is such a different dynamic than I had seen in Star Wars up until this point. He was in like, terms I of feel force. that call to the light. He even says that. Yeah, he feels his, it. He's like, he's like, I feel that call to the light. He wants Whereas to destroy it. It's so different from Anakin. It's like, I feel the call to the dark. Like there, he was good and it was so tempting to him. Whereas him, he was like, I know that I can be good. I know there's good in me. Whereas like no one believed there was any good in Anakin at any point mm-hmm. after yeah. that. So I thought that was Except pretty Qui-Gon interesting. Except Qui-Gon, who died. Yeah, well, yeah, we could get in a whole other discussion of how like Qui-Gon dying is really what messed things up in the end. Yeah. But anyways, all right, so... Oh, yeah. I, 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 I do think, going back to Kylo, I think the one thing that I wish about Kylo Ren was that so much of the explanation of his character didn't come from outside materials. Yes. So I think that once you get into the books and the comics, Kylo Ren is so... I understand Kylo so much better because of Bloodline, where... The, the basically the plot of bloodline is that the galaxy finds out that Vader was Leia's mom, uh, was Leia's dad. Right. Yeah. And what the political fallout for her of that is. Yeah. Um, but the bigger fallout is that she never told Ben. Mm. And so Ben finds out that Vader is his grandfather. And this doesn't happen, you know, in the book because he's not a POV character, but what we learn is that he finds out from someone else and not from them and yeah. that he feels lied to. Yep. And so you Kylo, that Kylo wants to belong to something. Yeah, he does. But the place that he should belong, he feels betrayed by. Yeah. And so and he it, goes to the thing that never betrayed him. Yeah. And that is that that that's understandable and that's really tough yeah. and complicated. That's why he's such a fascinating character. Yeah. He's great. And obviously, like in my opinion, one of the best actors Star Wars has ever oh, hired. He right? did like, such Adam Driver's phenomenal. Oh my he god. He really is. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And like truly, like people talk about how intense he is, but he's a really nice guy. Oh, he's super like, nice. I got to meet him um working on girls uh, back on season one. And he he was you know, I was only on set for five days, but like he was really just incredibly sweet and very professional, but like just one of those guys that you're like, Oh, you're just you're a normal good person. And yep. like I have been so happy to see his success over the years because yeah. um he left a really good first impression on me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've I've heard similar things about him. That's that's I love that. 
Uh, all right, so we go to uh, The Last Jedi, which, you know, for those that are unaware or haven't seen the films, you could easily say this is probably the most divisive film among Star bit. Wars fans. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a huge split. I, I'd say, honestly, it's about 50-50 split of people that, like, love or hate it, and then there's not much in between. So I disagree with that. I think most people don't care. I oh, think oh yeah, no, sorry. About Star Wars, oh, yeah. Sorry, no, yeah. More, at the end of the day, yeah, most yeah. people don't I care. I think the majority of people fit in the no, middle, yeah. <laughs> but they have never talked about Last Jedi again. Oh, for and sure. And it's only the people at the top and the bottom, oh, like yeah. us, that talk about it 100%. all the time. 100%. Uh, yeah. Claudia, where did you put The Last Jedi? Ninth. Uh, nerdy? Eighth. Wow, I'm surprised by that. Tenth. So, eighth, ninth, tenth. I honestly thought that would be a lot higher for you. Oh, I love the movie. But I love all of like here's the problem. I, I know, right? I know you don't. Not I love would it. rank Last Jedi. I think Last Jedi is like an eight point seven. Okay, but like I'm but just everything su- else is a nine or a higher. Right, I'm just surprised. Like some of the other ones we've talked about aren't. You know, it didn't beat some of those. That's all. There, there, there's stuff about the Last Jedi to me that doesn't work. Right, I yeah, think same. that there are elements of it that just just become really tough to get through in terms of what they're trying to do for the narrative of Star Wars versus the narrative of the movie. Yeah. Like I think Canto Bight, when I heard about Canto Bight, I was like, that's the most exciting location in the movie because I want, I've always wanted to see what's a casino in Star Wars. Right. Of course there's rich people at a casino. That sounded amazing. Yeah. The execution of that was much like the Jabba sequence and episode of its own thing. Yes. Yep. That I is, and it feels like Star Wars. That. That's exactly how I feel too. Yeah. Yep. But there's also a clock. And and my biggest problem with The Last Jedi is that they put a timer on the movie. Yep. To build tension. Yep. And then our characters never behave as if there's a timer going. No. And Ray and Finn do stuff that is like would totally make sense if there weren't a a ticking clock in the back of the movie. Yeah. And that so as much as I love the film, because I think that the Ray and Luke stuff on the island is sublime. Like I genuinely everything that happens on Octo to me is transcendent and beautiful and really understands the lesson of the end of the uh, Return of the Jedi. And, and is passing along the lesson from the end of Return of the Jedi so that Ray never has to learn that herself. Right. It is the stuff that is the ticking clock that is kind of disregarded that I struggle with. Yeah, I I, I can't stand the uh, ship running out of fuel uh, sequence of events. I I think if you're gonna put a ticking clock, I guess there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But I, I guess I guess for me, it's 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 once again such an easy uh, thing to fix by just having a couple of main characters talk to each other and have a conversation, and that would solve literally fifty percent of the problems that existed, especially for like Poe. And uh, I, I just I just didn't I don't know the first time I watched mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a huge deal. And then I kept watching. I'm just like this. This isn't necessary. There's just, just like I mean, if he just talks to the admiral, like if they if she just tells them what's happening and there's really no reason for her to hide it, then then that all goes away. It's gone. Like you don't have to worry about any of that even happening, really. And, and then I think I, that you have to have your care. For me, it's about having the characters behave as if there's a ticking clock. Like right. they, I, I need a better ticking really, clock then. You can't solve the problem of, you can't solve the problem of trying to keep the information from Poe without not having the twist at the end of the movie, which I think is is a fun twist because it leads to the hyperspeed. Yeah. I think that it's, so it's the, the scenes where, like sacrifice. I mean, we've talked. Yeah, that was we, cool. We were talking about this, like Incredible. you know, women yeah. dying. Like this is a 
a death worth doing. This is like, she's an epic way to go out. (laughs) And also it's just, that is, she's a powerful woman from, you know, you know, she thought she was like, you know, too passive. That is the absolute opposite Mm -hmm. of being passive. So what Poe was thinking the entire time of the Admiral is not the case. She is capable of grand gestures and grand action. And it shows in that final sequence. And I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of, of the film outside of, you know, mm-hmm. them being on the island, Luke and, and uh, Ray. But I loved that scene. I thought that was right. such a powerful female moment. And I also love the actress that plays the Admiral. Oh, um, yeah. She like is, yeah, yeah, she is awesome. phenomenal. Um, great to see her in, in uh, Star Wars flick. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just I, wanted a better ticking clock. Her just basically not telling him uh, or not telling the crew what was going on didn't feel necessary at all. Yeah. Well, and like, so there, there's the moment on Contobite that is the epitome of this to me, where they escape the cell and they they get out and they decide to like take the fathers through the town and draw a bunch of attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. And... I understand the like storytelling they're trying to do about Rose caring about the horses. Yeah. But drawing a bunch of attention to yourself puts the galaxy at risk from your, from, from the character's perspective. Yeah. And so having characters actively make choices that go against the plan being successful in the end, because they're not thinking about the consequences makes the characters less intelligent appearing. Yes. And I don't think that that was the goal. I think the goal was to make, to to make us care about the fathers and to make us see how empathetic Rose is. And, you know, they're really trying to tell the story about how anybody at any level of the rebellion is as valid to the success of the rebellion as any other member. And I think that that comes across really well. Yeah. But her intelligence is hindered by that choice. Now, if there was a way for them to sneak those out and then they get seen by accident and the plan goes wrong, that's fine. Yeah. But Rose's plan is to parade the fathers through the, casino yeah that's the active choice that she makes she could get shot at like if you were if you were saying hey the galaxy's at stake if you have to get out of here quietly so that no one sees you so that you can get away to go do the ship and yada 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 it's one thing but they and maybe it's because dj's gone at that point they think that there's no way they're going to succeed anyway so it's it's all a dead plan anyway yeah but it, it just that that whole chase sequence is drawing attention to them when they're goal should be to do the opposite yep and so it's having your characters not act in line with their mission and there's a number of sequences like that throughout the last jedi that kind of make the ticking clock seem like the characters don't care yeah Yeah. and then that scene will end and they'll be like we have eight hours left and i'm like well i'm glad you're paying attention to that now yeah no i agree with that yeah yeah um but yeah no i i think like this is it's tough right because the only the only movies i have below this two of them we've already talked about are rise of or one of them we haven't talked about yet two of them we haven't talked about yet either but, way like, you know it, either way for you it's it's on the lower you know quarter it's end. on the lower end of star wars but i still love it and yeah. i i I'll, like i cry every time i watch this movie right? I, I mean i love the ray and kylo dynamic i love that right. throne room scene it's one of the best scenes i think actually in star, one of the most ryan johnson's use of sound design in this movie between yeah. the force oh incredible um, the force skyping and the hyperdrive force moment skyping. Force skyping. that's what they call it that's what they, oh. that's some what the of, some of the it. visuals are the most beautiful oh that too yeah. Like, yeah, i don't know the cinematography of the last jedi is the best cinematography of any star wars movie in my yeah opinion. i'll give you that i will um, i will I think that solo is maybe a little bit more creative with the way they use light oh but, yeah um there, there, there's something about the reds and the the, the deep, oh, deep, yeah, deep yeah. color palette mm-hmm. of this film that yep. is just, 
it, it's a masterpiece. And Luke Skywalker is brilliant to me. And I know that there are people upset about it, but the un, the, the the way we get from the end of Revenge of the or uh, Return of the Jedi to this Luke makes sense to me and lives up to him throwing down his lightsaber against Vader in a way that if they had brought Luke back and he kicked a bunch of I'd have been like, oh, this is the only thing that could have ruined ruined Luke's legacy to me would have been if he was a big action hero. Yeah. Because then the end of Return of the Jedi makes no sense. Yeah. He learned the lesson of non-combatants and he yeah. became a Jedi. And then if you were to turn that around and go kick around the galaxy, I would have been like, oh, well, okay. Well, now it's, you know, G.I. Right. Joe's, right? Yeah. I mean, I have, the, yeah, I have thoughts on Skywalker, but like for the most part, I mean, yeah, those are really good points and I, I don't even disagree with any of it. I think I think you're right. I mean, honestly, I, mean, I, think, I think him Star- dying is like a pivotal moment too. like it, it is like, mm-hmm. yeah, Luke Walsh, he sacrificed himself yeah. for others that he cares about or for the the greater good. And he and didn't not, actually fight. No, no, he's not he, dead. Right. No. And right. that's one with that's the force. The tough thing about portraying the Jedi as a religion is that they have a belief system mm-hmm. that him becoming one with the force isn't death. It's not even the end of his story. It is the next phase. It's the next phase. Yeah. And he's still very much alive within the force, which means he's still part of the galaxy and his, his story lives on. Yeah. So much so that he does appear in uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah. And plays an active role in you know the end of that movie. But it, it is hard to... It's hard to put like our real world emotional um, connection to death for sure onto a movie where his death doesn't have the same meaning for sure. Fair. We right. skipped Rogue One, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah we just I, I did. Yeah, I'll just finish the trilogy and we'll go to standalone. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right, I did. All right, so then the last one in this trilogy is Rise of Skywalker. I put it at number eleven. I put it last. Mm-hmm. Eleven. You- I have it at ten. Ten. But eleven, yeah. I, it just, I, you know, I and I've, I've said this to other people, but obviously the first episode of the podcast. So for those that don't know, the biggest problem with the sequel trilogy for me is simply just a, uh, the original plan was three different directors, three three different writers essentially that are mm-hmm. constructing it. There was no real like storyboard of like this is how the like main things are gonna go, and then boom. Well, no, there was that existed, but like, it, every every single film looks so different. And if and and like from uh, the the original trilogy, true, but first Force Awakens to to last uh, Jedi for me. Very much as can tell, like it's two completely different people doing it. And then and then I feel like the biggest problem, though, with um, Skywalker really is at the end of the day is trying to please way too many people. Felt like fan fiction to me. Yeah, it it was for me. It was just like I'm going to try to JJ. I like uh, JJ Abrams did a great job Force Awakens, but he. Ryan Johnson had a different vision and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't I don't I don't blame either one of them. It's just more like he came in the movie with what I believe to be for the most part impossible task to tie the sequel the sequel trilogy in a, in a bow. But instead mm-hmm. of just trying to go, okay, well, I'm going to upset the people that loved Last Jedi, or I'm gonna set up people Force Awakens or the He just tried to please every single person in the room. And I think I kind of agree with Claudia here, he's basically felt like fan fiction almost and just what does that mean i i, I people this, say this all the time and i i can't i i don't understand what fan fiction feels like 
like, because I mean, my experience in fan fiction, a man has to get pregnant from another man. <laughs> baby, so like, there was a lot of plot I think holes. It's people pleasing to me, and, and it's just of, like it's all pandering to people pleasing. People are just coming. I out. don't think there's any plot holes. In, like the one thing I will say about Rise of Skywalker, it is is it is very simple. Really, it's poorly not written plot holes. That, okay, plot, plot my, elements. My then. thing with it that the, I the, really the Sith dagger really hate is. It completely invalidates the sacrifice of Anakin at the end of the three. Like he is sacrificing for his son. He's come to the, like, I hated that he came so, back. It bothered me a lot that he was back. And that's not my reasoning, but that, that's fair. Okay. But to be fair, if you're, if, if you go back and read the original Star Wars books, it's, it's, it's not the first time. So like for me, that was like, oh yeah, we're doing this again. But we're talking about like people that are only watching the films. And, and I think when you're making the films, that's not like, yeah, for like you and me, that's different. I didn't surprise me too much either because Palpatine is, I mean, the guy played chess against himself. He's going to have backup plans on backup plans on backup plans. Guaranteed. Uh, what, I, I, what is a satisfying villain for the end of a nine movie franchise, if not the villain from the first six movies? Well, like, I, where could you possibly who could you possibly put there that would satisfy other than make Kylo Ren big, big, bad, bad, bad boy? Like, the, no, not that there isn't a satisfying because and here here's the thing, right? I think that Anakin sacrifices himself so that there's 30 years of peace in a galaxy that's that's not nothing 30 years of peace we've never seen 30 years of peace oh yeah 100 percent, 100 ever like right yeah. that, that's never happened on earth let alone in the galaxy of multiple races and yes there is a victory for anakin and luke at the end of um uh, at the end of return of the jedi and look i know that i have this ninth and it, it is lower on my list but i i love this movie like it's an 8.5 for me right? said 10th my thing is or 10th yeah, yeah. okay um but it's an 8.5 for me. And my thing with it is that it is it is about the galaxy beating Palpatine. I did love when because, they all showed up at the end. That yeah. was oh, such a big parts moment. I don't like about it. Yeah. That, Luke, that is Luke and Anakin beating Palpatine is great. And it gives them 30 years of peace. Yep. But it the, the Rise of Skywalker becomes about how the community comes together and says no to a future of this. In yeah. a way that the the original trilogy just doesn't have, and I think right. that that larger victory and that victory of uh, not, I want I don't want to say humanity because there's so many races involved, yeah. but of what the the concept of humanity that we talk about mm -hmm. and the way that that comes through in the end of that movie is so important to moving this galaxy out of this phase of war that Palpatine has had them in for 50 years at this point. Right, and so that to me is, I, I don't know that you could have ended these nine movies on anyone else because you would especially after killing snoke because you have to introduce something true no especially well, after killing snoke well for one movie villain except maybe thrawn thrawn maybe would have brought the star wars fandom together around it if that was what they did but i don't know that any single movie villain could have felt worthy of this and so it ha it always had to be palpatine and I, yeah. I no matter how many snokes we saw in force awakens at no point did i not think palpatine was going to be nine because how do you how do you end this without him? Yeah. I, I just I just think then, especially for general audiences, you need to give some kind of indication that he's still out there, and he's it can even be subtle. I don't care. I just think throwing him in in the ninth film and being like, yeah, guess what? He's been alive the whole time. I just I don't buy into that. I just don't. And I think most people maybe don't, but or maybe not. Maybe maybe plenty don't care. That's fine. Uh, but that that's not even like my biggest problem with the film. Like uh, that's fine. The Palpatine's in there for me. Really, it's it's little and big things. Everything 
ranging from like, oh, C-3PO can read this every language. Oh, except the one that happens to be on the Sith one. He's programmed. He can't do that. To Because uh, it's the Sith language. That makes sense. C-3PO sacrificing himself and then re reboots. Like, oh, he's fine. He's good. Like, there's, there's just, that, nothing feels yeah, like it's at stake no. in this movie, really, except till the very end. It's just like, like, I know none of these characters are going to die. Period. Like, I know none of them are going to die. It's only the end where I'm not sure about Rey and Kylo, but I'm pretty confident Kylo's going to die. Like, I kind of saw that coming. But that said, there were parts of this film, like the one with uh, Kylo talking to the memory of Han Solo. That was one mm -hmm. of the best yeah. scenes I've ever, like, in the Star Wars franchise, it was one of my favorite scenes. So don't get me wrong, there's still things I absolutely love about this film. It just felt, uh, I guess, how you describe Return of the Jedi. For me, it was all over the place. That's all. That's all it is, really. I, I, I think that this is going to get to the problem of Star Wars moving forward. And I think that the problem we're seeing with Boba Fett is that Star Wars is pulp entertainment. Yes. And is, is built on pulp structure. Mm -hmm. And modern audiences don't, watch pulp structure anymore it doesn't really exist outside yeah. of star wars yeah that's there true. is nothing that does what star wars does anymore that's true and so star wars is keeping a storytelling a storytelling tradition alive that maybe doesn't resonate anymore and the, like rise of skywalker to me if it if you derezzed it and made it a 30s movie it would have the pace of a lot of those really quick snappy 30s films right because yeah true that that is what it is but that's yeah, what true. star wars has been right yeah. someone uh, i was reading um someone posted a tweet about boba fett where they were like uh it, it looks like they've uh they can't they don't know if they're making a star wars show or a flash gordon show i was like and no i posted it that's funny. I posted TikTok about it and I was like, you're watching Flash Gordon. Like, yeah. that's what this is. Yeah. That's what this has always been. Yeah, no, 100%. He couldn't get the rights to Flash Gordon, so he made Star Wars and he ripped off Flash Gordon. Like, that's, you know, he added the samurai elements from Kurosawa films, but... Mm -hmm. He did. I, Rise of Skywalker, to me, is is a very old... Is, is fashioned like an old movie that just has really good tech. And I think that it's a disconnect that is similar to what happened when Phantom Menace came out, where it was a very old style of movie with very high tech. And I think that J.J. Abrams managed to do that again somehow. And it's either gonna work for you or it isn't. Right. And that's say, tough, right? Because you want it to be satisfying for everyone, but. I will say one thing that I find frustrating is the forced romance, both with Finn and Rose and with Kylo and um, Ray. That bothers me quite a bit. I'm like, why did we have to force these two together to love? Like, why did that have to happen? It seemed unnecessary to me. Finn and Rose, I agree with you. I don't agree with you about Ben and Ray. No? Uh, no, because they're the only two people in the galaxy who can understand each other. Like, if you were to run into, if you were to have the life that Ray and Ben have had, and you run into the one person that who gets you. is, A, incredibly hot. Right? Like no, but seriously, seriously. You're 20 years old. You're 20 years old and you meet Adam Driver on the street. Like, uh, there's no forced romance. I would go home with him right then, right? Daisy Ridley's the same. But but it's not for like it forced romances to me are when characters who I don't understand what they see in each other get together. Ray okay. and Ben are the two people in the galaxy who share an experience. I think that's that fair. The they've most, got the, like, the, the force, Skype, the they've got all that. I can get that. That's fine. But Finn and Rose, I'm just like, you just put these two people together and it, it didn't make sense. It didn't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the nice thing about the Finn and Rose stuff is that it's one-sided. Because Finn is, Finn, it, 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 Rose has a crush on Finn, but Finn does not have a crush on Rose. No. He doesn't even acknowledge her in the ninth movie. Yeah. It's, and granted, that's, that's, for, that's for production reasons and like. All right. 
Let's get down to the last two. Uh, let's go with uh, Rogue One. Uh, I have it at number three. Two. Four. Two, three, four. Wow, that's not bad. Yeah, this is the best Star Wars movie since the original trilogy, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, and there's it, no lightsabers in it. Yeah. It's no, so that's, well a that's a lie. That's a lie. There's, there's one lightsaber in yeah. it. There's no lightsaber fight in it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like what a Star Wars film is capable in the modern era, that that is that that's Rogue One, in my opinion. It, mm-hmm. it did yeah. pretty much everything very well. The only thing I did just doesn't make me put it like higher is simply because we have characters that I just can't really get attached to at the end of the day. Like that that's all it really is. Like there Really? I feel very attached to everybody in that movie. I, I don't. I, I feel attached to a couple of uh, like I really like all the characters, but you just I guess you kind of know where it's going, so maybe that's why. Whereas the other ones we had two trilogies essentially. So that that's different for me. But there's that's not a knock on the film at all. This this did everything it was supposed to do and did it mm basically flawlessly like i mean it is very well, good basically from not... a production standpoint i wouldn't say it went flawless right no it didn't no it didn't production but... and in fact my first reaction to this film wasn't over as positive as it is now because they did so many reshoots and the trailer looked different than the actual film and like a lot of different like yeah production issues but they pulled it I off i don't somehow. understand why people complain about that i'm not complaining marvel, marvel has been making up for trailers for years. Agreed. Marvel so I put that more on my. I like, put that on myself. Oh, it's so cute how they did that. Whereas like Star Wars has like three shots that don't end up in the movie, and everybody loses their minds. No, no, no. Mine was just Jin Urso. Is and this is and I've said this when I've talked to other people. I was like, this is more on this is more on me than anything. I shouldn't have taken that at face value at all. It's just a trailer. Like that was on me, mm-hmm. and they did reshoots. So like really, that's all on me for the most part. Uh, I just. Uh, and and actually, Jen's Urso. There's nothing wrong with her story. She just doesn't want to be uh, that hero or that rebel till the very end. And that she's just coming to terms with it. And then she steps up for something she believes in. So really, it's really well written. I was expecting her to be like that from the get go. Again, I will admit that that's mm-hmm. on me. But again, that's not a knock on the film at all. I think it's fantastic. I love this film a lot. I think it's great. Claudia. I think that like the representation is awesome. I think it's a yep. strong, powerful mm-hmm. character. I mean. I love, I don't know what the island is that they end up stealing the plans from, but like all of those shots, them sure. climbing up, like it, it is fun. It is full of action. It is also just like, holy crap, you know, you're about to die and you are doing this for the greater good. And this is a person that was like, I don't, I've been trying to survive. It's similar to Rand in the sense of I've been trying to survive. I've been trying to survive. And she chooses at that last moment to, to sacrifice it all. And I think that it's awesome. It's a super powerful moment and yeah. just all in all a great way. And one of the reasons I think it's a great idea to watch first um, when it comes down to, you know, which Star Wars movie, because it's a great way to introduce yourself in, see a modern film and really get into the series. And, you know, the mm-hmm. sacrifice, especially when you pop into a new hope. Yeah. Well, and I think if, the, if this was your first Star Wars movie now, it's fun, right? Because you meet Admiral Raddus in this movie who does die. But then when you go back and watch, when, when you move forward and you meet Admiral Akbar, you're like, oh, he's like that Raddus guy. And yep. it, it introduces to like different pockets of Star Wars yeah. that are are going to pay off through later movies without spoiling any of the big um, twists of the later films. Because there's nothing about who Vader is. You just meet him. Yep. And honestly, I think that if that was your first time seeing Vader, it makes seeing him in the opening of A New Hope even more, you know, tense and horrifying. Yeah. Yep. Well, why people so scared of this guy? Anticipation. That's why. Yep. Yeah. That's why. And Look so I think do. I think Rogue One kind of became the perfect modern Star Wars introduction. Yep. Um, before Rogue One, I would always say start with A New Hope because it is 
uh, a very like complete story movie, right? You can only it, Rogue, uh, a New Hope is one of the few Star Wars movies that you can watch on its own and get the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas everything after that is like, well, okay, what? Or oh, this continues. I have to watch the next chunk. Right. I also I think, think it's a what, good intro into like some of the the uh, shows too. Like I think because yeah. mm-hmm. especially yeah. with like the side characters is uh, who's the the commander guy that is goes a little quick ray. Um, that doesn't narrow down for me. That she the goes commander guy that no, goes no, a little he like look he's like got all the like missing parts. What? Uh he I goes into there. No, he's maybe he's not a commander. I don't know. He, Can you tell me what show, film, anything you're talking about. You're talking yeah, about Saw Guerrera. Saw Guerrera. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best description. I no, that was that's, you know, commander guy who's missing parts. No, that's that I mean that's <laughs> you're right. You're completely <laughs> right. True newcomer. Like no, you gotta no, no. break it down no, to the was... basic parts here. You're, like literal no, missing no, parts. No, no, your your uh, boiled down version is correct. I was trying to, you said commander, so I went to like is the, the com- rebel is meeting. Is the commander, room, yeah. And I was like, who in the rebel meeting room is missing parts? The, the commander that threw me off because he's not technically a rebel. He is his own yeah, like little uh he faction is. because he he's too extreme. Right, but yeah, that's yeah, like, if you're curious about him at all, there's a decent amount about him in in the shows, right? Uh, he's he, oh yeah, so he's he, he's he, all over. He's, Clone in, he's Wars. in Clone Wars, uh, Rebels. He's in Jedi Fallen Order. He, he you'll yeah. see him it's basically a great everywhere. Segue into being like, oh man, I want to know more about this, yeah. and I think that's yeah, yeah. important for you know modern stories, especially finding more things to love, like we said about Padme and all of these other mm-hmm. like characters and components and really dive in. Like I think Rogue One is a great spot yeah. for people to really start to love the entire universe. Yeah, and Saw mm-hmm. Gerrera, it does a really good job of showing how complicated this intergalactic battle really is. Like it, yeah. he's he's not a black and white good character. And he's evil. very gray area. It's like the overdone side of the other, which I think is really interesting. And, and it's prevalent. Like, you know, we've yeah. seen... Obviously, the first order we've seen the first public, we've seen all of these terrible things. But like, what is it on the other side? You know, like there isn't just black and white. We get some really fantastic characterizations from a, a lot of different cultures of Star Wars, but also like real world cultures. Like I know um, the fact that Diego Luna kept his accent for the film. Yes. Um, means a lot to a lot of people, you yeah. know, who don't look like me. Yeah. And I can go to see any Star Wars movie, and characters will sound like me, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but to see him push to have his own accent and to bring that into Star Wars is so wonderful. Yep. And I, I think that Cassian Andor is one of the most fascinating characters. I think the movie is missing my favorite point about him, which is in the novelization that he's his family were separatists in oh. the Clone Wars. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's in the Rogue One novelization, novelization which is fantastic, by the way. But I'm really hoping they explore that in his television show this year because the rebels would be made up of both sides of that war, right? Like that war's over. That's How true. those people come together afterwards is going to be very different because the clones ended up becoming the bad guys. Yeah. And so having this character, I, I wish they'd explored it in the film somehow, but we're going to get a show that hopefully shows us this. Oh, but I think how so. Those, how the good guys from the separatists who were manipulated by Palpatine and the good guys from the Republic who were manipulated by Palpatine, yeah. how they find each other and become the front against Palpatine in the second war. That's fascinating to me. And Aaron. I hope we get to see that build out of that character. Yeah, that'd be amazing if we got to see that. I think we will. It's I think that show is slated so. for 12 episodes. So I'd be surprised if we didn't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, Chirrut Emway, like just the bringing um, 
it was really nice to see a movie character bring the religion of the force yes. to the, the the universe who isn't a Jedi. Yeah, I'm the force, the force is with me. I mean, like that was just like cool. It's always weird yeah. to me when I've had heard people complain about that. He's like, well, he's just a pretend Jedi. I'm like, you're really missing the point of this. I don't know so how to explain it to you. It's in all living things. And that's a representation mm -hmm. of like, you know, even on Force Awakens, uh, the cantina odor, Maz or something. Men. Maz Kanata. Yeah. So she's just like, it's it's in all of us. Like it's a it's a constant right. reminder. Like I still have some senses of it. Even Leia has some senses, even if she can't, you know, actively use it. Well, actually, she she does end up getting trained. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. But anyways, um, hey, that sequence is awesome. It is awesome. It is. I, it, I'm not saying it's not. Sequence is no. Yeah, I was just saying like Leia's not a good. Leia's not a good example. She's not a normal was, person. Her lightsaber is. I love that design. Yeah. No. She, yeah. I honestly kind of wish. Uh, I mean, it's fine that she didn't end up being Jedi, but it would have been really cool to see more of that. But I mean, I understand it. But not also, being a thing. but also, like even in that moment, right? Seeing a woman, um, n you know, put aside being a Jedi in True. order to focus on politics and her son. Like that's an interesting that again like a super interesting story that I hope we get True. a book or something about because I what a choice to make right yep. like yep. do I use superpowers to fight the galaxy's evils or do I roll up my sleeves and do the work of politics that yeah. I'm you know which is in. grunt work at the end of the day if you're really gonna be good at it honestly yeah 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 and I yeah I, I love that I love that whole oh. Rise so, of Skywalker re, you know considering the struggles they had with Leia with Carrie Fisher's oh god actually, yeah that that's yeah. They they did what they could and yeah they did I, I love her part in that movie yeah, oh I, I would never hold that against them on that no. one there's nothing yeah, yeah they did a great job all right, all right so the last one uh, solo uh, Claudia how where did you put this one I for put you? it at seven oh okay ready I put it at nine okay I put it at eight so seven <laughs> yeah eight, seventy nine, nine. I, our, our lists are slightly different but like a lot of them are within one or two they are yeah, yeah they really are I solo was I mean you you seem to like it it's fun. I think yeah. that's why it's higher for me than I both of you guys. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think that Don Glover is phenomenal as as Lando at this point. I think that you get to know good old Don. Yeah, you he's great. Don? Why'd you call yeah, him Don? We're, we're pals, obviously. Pals? Okay. I don't know. We're really, we weren't really close with me Don, Don on the podcast. How you doing, Don? Uh, yeah, no, he, <laughs> he's our only listener uh, at this point. Honestly, and he geeking. and he portrayed like his own version of Lando. Like he even says, like I wasn't there to you know be like Billy D. Williams is a different time. And I'm, you know, I can't yeah. emulate him. Like I'm going to be me and I'm going to be what I, you know, think the characters should be at that time period. And I think he did a fantastic job. Yeah. I, he says that, but I think he emulates Lando more than he maybe intended. To. Oh yeah. No, I think he yeah, for sure. Nails it. Oh, he nails oh, it. Oh, absolutely. The arrogance, the, you know, the capes, the grandeur. Suave. Yes. Just yeah. like the way he carries himself and the conversations yeah. and the fact that he's basically in love with his droid. Like, <laughs> things like are I so think that one of the i think one of the tough things about solo for the production is that donald glover's lando is closer to where B billy d williams lando was than than alden ehrenreich's han was yeah. yep and so i think that there's a disconnect watching it where it seems like Alden Ehrenreich isn't doing as good an impression of harrison ford as donald glover is of lando but they're playing both of their characters at very different places in their lives. Exactly. Where Han Solo is really, really green. And Lando is already figured out a lot of his tricks, right? Yep, he already yep. has a reputation. He already has those things. Yeah. And so I do think that um, he, he, I remember my first viewing being like, I kind of wish Alden Ehrenreich was playing Han Solo closer to Harrison the way that Donald right. Glover is. But 
um sorry don i i don't mean to call you donald don. I don't like that but um uh, <laughs> but when i'm in re-watching it i've been like you know what no like alden reich is really playing a han solo who has almost none of the experiences exactly well, he that doesn't, Harrison though. Ford has. He gets off the, that's what that i that's why i think there. he does a great job though is because yeah. well, i love this movie yeah, yeah. Uh. It, it's not a it's not a story we needed but it's, it doesn't really matter because it's just it's good it's fun it's it's quick beats it's uh mm-hmm. it keeps things pretty for the most part like focused on where they should be and everyone does a good job in it like i i really enjoy it and well i'll always take a woody harrelson and uh i'll take him yeah. in a star wars film i am I like him. deeply interested in amelia clark's like backstory on that one like her coming a crime boss i mean for me i'm like holy like that is such a big deal like you know you see women they're usually like taken advantage by crime boss we saw that with leia powerful character Mm -hmm. now she becomes that is working with darth maul like oh i am i want to know more like i want to know more well and that's why i'm so excited about the potential of this um yeah, they're talking the about Kira spinoff show. That yeah. They're talking yep. about. yeah, they're talking about it because, you know, she's back in the comics right now. They've re- like Kira's back uh, for the first time since uh, Solo. And we're finally getting more content about the character. And I don't want to spoil anything for people who aren't reading, but we're, we're getting more of this character. And yeah. the you know, I, I think that a lot of the underworld stuff is really fascinating to people. Very. I think the one struggle with the underworld right now is the the, the Disney of it all. And I do wonder how much of. I think that Boba Fett is in this, right? Where like, I think there are some people who are struggling with how adult they're allowed to make the underworld stuff in this, mm. in the Disney era. Yeah. It's tough on Disney plus, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. to be Disney plus rated. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hopeful that if we do get that where we are, you know, I want Darth Maul to go full Darth Maul. Oh my God. Um, oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but I don't know what we're going to get from Disney. Right. And I think I that, like, yeah. I will probably enjoy it. Cause I like the underpinnings of the themes of this franchise and, you know, but you know, I I would love to see a I would love to see them go full full out. She is running a criminal organization that yep. probably should be you know probably should be stopped. But I just don't think we're going to get Breaking Bad out of that. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a wait and see thing. I I I just hope that it's confirmed in the future. And that's I mean I, I know there's a lot of talk about it, but mm-hmm. I like the first step, which would be like yes, we're doing this. That would be. I think it's going to really depend on whether or not she shows up in the Lando show and how how that, that goes right that would be definitely a disney way to introduce uh that mm-hmm. happening yeah so that wouldn't be surprised maybe some parental controls on disney plus there you go <laughs> well there's star right but i don't think they'll move anything from no. um, star wars behind the star wall no probably not i i do uh going back to solo though i think that one of the things that this movie does that it, i i think people struggle with is that at the stakes at the end of the day are what does it mean for han solo and nothing in this movie is about what the stakes are for almost anybody else. Everyone else is on the ride to tell the story of what does this one adventure mean to Han Solo? Yeah. And that works for me. That me really too. works for me. I think yeah, that it's, it's about something very small and very personal. And I think that people wanted it to be a Star Wars movie. And it's a Han Solo movie that happens to be in the Star Wars universe. More like a Western, too. Which, I mean, Star Wars has a lot of Western themes, but like this mm-hmm, one has yeah. even more Western themes, I feel like. It's how he built but his this, reputation, I feel like. I mean, so much of what you know started, about it is yeah. like, he's a smuggler. He does all this stuff. How does he get that reputation coming off this small, I mean, not small. He just comes out of like the under or the armpit of whatever that planet's called. The stars of the Corellia. sea. Corellia. Corellia. There's a lot of planets. And that Parsec run. Yeah. Parsec run. Well, but even the Parsec run, run, like Sorry, one Kessel of my favorite run. things Kessel about run. this movie is that when they finish the Parsec run, uh, I, you know, I'm the one who made the, oh, this ship made the Parsec uh, in 12 Kessel Parsecs. Run. Yeah. 
And Chewbacca goes, hmm. <laughs> he's like, well, if you round down. Yeah. And so even, even making the part, even making the Kessel run in 12 parsecs is him self mythologizing himself. Oh yeah. And the, the story of Han Solo is as much the story he tells as what actually happened. hundred percent. And yes. that, starting that in this movie is the most brilliant thing it does because yep. it is the story of the scoundrel who will tell you all of the amazing things he's done. And if you go back and check, it'll be hard to prove him wrong because something happened. Right. But is it exactly the way he said it? Probably not. It's right. like telling how big of a fish he, you know, you catch is like it just gets a little bigger each time. You know what I mean? Even in uh, Force Awakens, he goes, "Have I ever let you down?" They're like, "Yes." Everyone, every, <laughs> everyone around them that's trying to kill them is like, "Yeah," like twice for us. And yeah. yeah. Yes. And well, and we 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 get the we get the like initial we, the payoff of in Force Awakens, which was what a year and a half before this. Uh, we get, no, two and a half years before this, we get the payoff of, you know, uh, Ray going, oh, Han Solo, the war hero. And Chewbacca goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he is. But the the relationship between him and Chewie is 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 built in this movie in a way that I'm like, oh, I get where I get where they came from. I get how they get yeah. to where they're going. I was just about to say, I because, love how they met. Yeah, me too. I think it's a great way how they met. It's a it's a romantic comedy yeah, with yeah. action, yeah. but it's not between him and Kira. It's no. between him and Chewie, yep. and that they're the central relationship of the movie in a lot yeah. of ways. Yep. And I love that. Yeah, yeah I, I um, great. I, I and I do. I I want to acknowledge. Like I get that the, the feelings people have about Val in this movie, I totally understand. And that there is a lot of complication around L three three seven that is their own fault. Like they just didn't need to write it to be as like morally weird as it kind of is. True. Um, that her brain gets kind of ripped out of her body as she's dying and shoved into Ooh, the ship yep she's the conscious of the millennium falcon base is what they were suggesting yeah pretty much in case it's, un, it's an unnecessary yeah, weirdness that was weird yeah, that was, was so weird yeah i can agree but with it, that. it's it's a part of a weird galaxy that is all sorts of things and some of them are also, problematic and weird all right ours is like real life some of it is problematic that's true true okay uh, should we go over our rankings very quickly in terms of just list them since we kind of got yeah, you know, sure. very quickly since this is a two hour conversation? Well, yep. this may end up being two episodes. Who knows? Uh, uh, Claudia, from the bottom to the top, what do you have? All right. An 11, Rise of Skywalker, Attack of the Clones, The Last Jedi, Phantom Menace, Solo, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Nerdy's right. Like, when I start to hear you read it, like, I almost think you're reading parts of my list, but you're just, like, one up or one above. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, majority so of this close. is close. Uh, nerdy? Oh, it's a Clone War, or, yeah, animated Clone Wars movie. We didn't talk about oh it, but it's my the bottom. Oh, my God. Hey, look at him. For Stinky Alone. Uh, and then uh, 2, 9, Solo, 8, 3, 1, 7, Rogue One, 6, 4, 5. Uh, so Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, Attack of the Clones, Solo, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, Phantom Menace, Rogue One at number three, number two, Empire Strikes Back, and number one for me, Revenge of the Sith. So, yeah, a lot of similarities, but uh, a lot of interesting differences I find as well. it so interesting that you have A New Hope oh, below Force Awakens, but you think that... A Wait, no, A New Force Hope's Awakens not... No, 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 that was, in, that was in from last to first. I A New Hope is... A, wait, what are you... Wait, A New Hope's above Force Awakens. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, Wait, yeah, did yeah. you do yours from bottom to top, or did you? Need I did mine from bottom to top, okay. and then I, I'm dyslexic, so words are hard. Don't no, worry. No, that's about fine. It. You're you're good. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So I think that is the end of our maybe two part episode <laughs> since this went on. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. What are you most excited for? Is it Obi Wan Kenobi series, Ahsoka, Andor? 
Something else? You can email us contact at jawachatter.com or hit us up on any of the social media sites under the name Java Chatter. We would love to hear what you're most stoked about this year. And a reminder, folks, if you could please review us over at Spotify and or Apple Podcasts with a five-star review, we'd love you forever. If you don't want to give us a five-star review, please ignore this message. Thank you so much.